Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Becca. And we're two curious ladies on an adventure to learn more about cooking, cannabis, and the fine art of gluttony. Join us every 10 days or so as we get high and make our way through a recipe. Step inside and let the consumption begin. (laughs) Hello, Becca. Hi, Gretchen. Are you excited? I'm excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I, I've been trying hard not to use excited every time we start, but today there's no other word I want to use. I'm very excited. This has been a long time coming. We started talking about making root beer in like the spring. Yeah, I think so. It's been a long time coming. And even then it's taken us about two weeks to get to this point that we're at right now. Yep. <laughs> and we're going to taste it. We're going to make root beer floats ultimately. Yes. And we're going to put our ice cream into some molds right now. And because it's been sitting out trying to, we've intentionally trying to soften our ice cream a little bit. We're going to put it back in the freezer after we form it into our molds. Gretchen has really fun little pumpkin shape molds and I have plain old boring squares, but it's going to be great. Molded ice cream in any form is great. Like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm still excited about your cubes, even though they're just cubes. It's, it's fun. Yeah, they're big cubes. So it is yeah. a fun, fun yeah, shape. It's fun. It's fun. We're going to sh- shape, mold, get our ice cream going. There, It's, of course, not just plain old ice cream. We're doing extra things to it, or we've at, enhanced the flavor in some different way than you'd expect because this is high gluttony. So we'll get into that in a minute. We're going to sit down and have a lot of chatting to do. Let's shape. Let's mold. Let's, shape. Let's mold some this. ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Nice and soft. Oh, yeah. I know. It was, I didn't need to soften it as much as I did. <laughs> Your hands will be grateful. Yes, this is true. I need a spoon. So I just glommed a whole bunch into one, the first mold, and I can't even be <laughs> sure if it's packed in tight. So I think I should pack it in, do like a layer, and then do another layer. Okay. But this seems to still be mostly intact. The ice cream doesn't melt too much. It's kind of perfect. Yay. Should we talk about what our ice creams are? Because we didn't make them. We, uh, I we guess cheated. we might as well. Yeah, we did not make the ice cream. I bought Van Leeuwen. And this is a pumpkin cheesecake with graham cracker crust with graham cracker crust French ice cream. Ooh, pumpkin. Yes. And what are you? We had a hard time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) What are you working with over there? Well, I was going to say we had a hard time determining what pairs well with root beer, especially homemade root beer. And we're going to get into a lot of the ingredients because they're very unusual. And we were really stumped on what would be the best pairing. I originally wanted to make a simple syrup from the herbs that we use for the root beer. And then I decided I didn't want to do that this morning. And (laughs) I made a ginger simple syrup instead. Nothing wrong with that. I like the bold spicy ginger as an option. Really hoping these pumpkins are going to turn out okay. How many are there? How many are you making? I'm going to get four out of this. So they're nice. about a half cup a piece. Be good. Okay. I'm making four too. I might save just a smidgen of the, for non-molded, that'll go in the bottom of my glass to get the, the root beer float foaminess started. Oh, right. Absolutely. Good thinking. Yes. Just a little bit. I got like a couple tablespoons worth. That'll be perfect for when we do that. 
I'm getting into my fridge okay. again. In we go. Hopefully this will work. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Some rich ice cream. I had not tasted it yet. Wow. <laughs> I'm well, you might need that to hang with the root beer today. Yeah. We'll find out. Mm -hmm. Whew. Yeah, they weren't kidding about the cheesecake part of that component. <laughs> okay, but into the freezer? Into the freezer. Here we go. And then I'm going to grab a little sample of the root beer. You. They were very we specific. Were saying, oh. They were very specific about putting it over ice, so I'm getting some ice in a glass right now. Oh, good point. And what were you about to say, Becca? Can I say after all this work and all this time, we're very anxious about what this is going to taste <laughs> like because <laughs> what if we don't like it and we've got this whole float planned and everything? This is a big moment right up at the beginning. This doesn't usually happen till the end. All right, I'm pouring. Me too. Have you poured? Okay, okay. I thought you were saying, all right. Like, don't do it without me. <laughs> no, no. Just pouring it in the glass. Well, the fermentation is definitely set, as they said, because uh -huh. there's not a lot of action in this. It's not a heavily fizzy drink. Yeah, I just have a little bit of bubbles around the edges. Yeah. All right. Are we ready? Let's do this. Three, two, one. There's so much going on. Yeah. <laughs> not in a bad way, I don't think. But <laughs> Same, same. There's, but they're one of the flavors I can't quite, I'm not familiar with it. So I'm really not sure what it is, but it's almost like, I've got like a savory thing going on in mine. Do you have any like savoriness to yours? I don't right now. I did it like early on and then it got really sweet. And now I have like a, not, it's like medicinal, but it's not a chemical and yeah. my tongue feels a little numb. Does your tongue feel numb? A little bit. Well, it makes sense because we'll get into why. But these ingredients, like we said, there's a lot going on here. And a lot of them are rooted in medicine. Yes. Or ways that it was used for health. I'm going to say a success. Hopefully as it sits a little more with the ice, it'll just get even better. Yeah. But I've got to put mine back in the fridge and then put my... Regular ice cream back in the bottle on ice cream. We did it, Gretchen. <laughs> Wondering what it is that's so savory in mine. It's weird because it's almost like a Parmesan cheese-like flavor, which is just weird. Didn't you say one of them is used in a region of Parma? So the licorice root is used in a lot of places. Oh, uh-huh. And they use licorice root in Reggio Emilia to make a different type of soft drink. I also have some questions because I was wondering since, I mean, I know they're all supposed to be dried, but to me, the herbs didn't seem like they were the freshest. I'm almost wondering if I could do better on sourcing as far as like the ingredients and have it be, turn out a little bit less or have a little bit more of a punch to it, I guess. I'm, I'm thinking if the herbs were a little bit fresher, it'd have a little more punch. Sure. Like we said, there's so much going on. I'm having a hard time identifying. And you mentioned this, and we were talking about this before, that we have a lot of these, we've, a lot of these ingredients we've never had in isolated circumstances. It's very hard to have them all thrown together in what's, <laughs> what's basically a beer tea. And then try to figure out what we like or don't like about it. <laughs> it's very difficult to identify. Should we talk about what's going on in the... Oh, no. What do we... Okay, we're still smoking. 
We're still oh, trying yeah. to relax before we get into this. We just wanted to taste the root beer right up front because if it was awful, we might have to rethink our strategy. I'm glad we got that out of the way. It does taste good. I'm going to sip on it now. And we are going to get into all of these ingredients and how we used them to get up to this point. But before that, let's talk a little bit about what we're smoking. I am doing some stizzy again. I've used this in the past. I do enjoy some stizzy. This one is apple tarts number seven. It's got 22.5% THC, then 8.7 milligrams per gram lemonine, followed by 5.4 of caryophylline and four of linalool. None of my humulene that was popping up for a while and lemonine's back up here at the top, but I am glad to have it. I feel quite energized and I'm ready to absorb some stuff. We split up the ingredients because there were so many. So I'm glad to learn and share what I've learned with Gretchen. But what are you smoking over there, Gretchen? I am having some Oreos blended with Frida because we know that makes me into a bit of a chatty Kathy. So always a little bit good for these episodes. Hasn't hurt <laughs> me yet. I I do know I like to talk quite a bit, get off the rails. Hopefully it's not too wild. But mm-hmm. I am having that out of my Zenco vaporizer that I love, 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 love. <laughs> I'm going to have that. Should we just kind of go through the weird ingredients first or all the ingredients? I don't know. Which what which do you think we should do? Maybe we should say all of them and then we can start back up at the top and go back and forth a little. Okay. Sounds good to me. Okay. We started with 10 cups of water, 3 tablespoons of sarsaparilla root, 1 tablespoon of ginger root, one tablespoon of licorice root, two teaspoons dandelion root, two teaspoons birch bark, one star anise anise pods, one quarter cup sassafras bark, and then three quarters of a cup of unrefined cane sugar, which we are familiar with, and half a cup of ginger bug, which we will talk about in a minute, but that was just comprised of ginger root and sugar and water. That was a two-week process in the hole for all of those ingredients to get to where we are today. Let's start with, I guess, sarsaparilla right up at the top. Yeah, sounds good. Sorry, I forgot that the sarsaparilla was right at the top and that I should have been reading the ingredients, but I had to smoke. Well, how was, how did that taste? How how are you post? Oh, yeah, I'm good. You know, it tastes good. The the Oreos and the Frida, you know, I'm so spoiled with all the Jeters and the lime joints that like I've been smoking because they have the flavor infused into them. I'm just a little spoiled by that. So now regular weed tastes boring. <laughs> it might be hard to distinguish any flavors after this strong root beer. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's definitely got its own flavor. Yes. Yes. And... When I was reading the ingredients, I forgot that I didn't have any star anise. Mm, So I'm missing that flavor also. I added clove and... Aniseed or fennel? Fennel. Fennel Fennel. seed. Which I think is a good substitute. It's... Yeah. But we are tasting different things. True. Because of that too. True. Very true. So much going on. As we read the ingredients, a lot of those are very unfamiliar 
We'll start with sarsaparilla since it was at the top. It is a tropical plant. <laughs> it is not something that I would have expected to be a tropical plant because my association with it is like a sarsaparilla soda and something that is like old timey, like root beer. I'm thinking of Westerns and like right. <laughs> old cowboys. Uh, uh, yeah, yes, absolutely. Vibrant places in the rainforest. So that was a surprise right away. There are 350 species and it's a climbing woody vine that does grow in the canopy of the for of the rainforest, hmm. which is surprising to me. It's native to South America, Jamaica, the Caribbean, Mexico, Honduras, and the West Indies. And it does have some chemicals in it that can help decrease pain and swelling. We're going to talk a lot about the medicinal properties of these ingredients and starting with sarsaparilla, pain and swelling. I don't know if my tongue is swelling or feeling numbed because of that, <laughs> or is it something different? Well, it could be any one of these. It also could be the light amount of alcohol that exists in this That's because true. it's fermented. That That's is true. That is a little oh bit of a possibility. Mm -hmm. In addition to decreasing pain and swelling, it also might help kill cancer cells or slow down their growth. And it has also been shown to help with rheumatoid arthritis, psoriasis, eczema, and dermatitis. I've been missing sarsaparilla as part of my, what's the word I Pain want? Pain management. Pain care. management, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I'm sure there's reasons why people don't use it commonly. And there's a reason why they did use it a lot. I didn't get into this because I didn't want to spend too much time away from what we were talking about, but there was a line in the resource I used that said, don't confuse sarsaparilla with German sarsaparilla. These are not the same. And that's I didn't it? Go to, <laughs> yeah, I didn't go to any other detail. That's funny. Hang on. Now I, I'm curious about what German sarsaparilla is. Okay. Um, we'll look up what German sarsaparilla is and I'm going to keep going. For a long time, the root was used, the root of sarsaparilla was used for treating joint problems, including arthritis. And it has also, the root has also been shown to help cure leprosy. It says due to its quote, blood purifying properties, which was a little bit of an interesting choice of words. <laughs> It's bullshit. It's all bullshit. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you, you hear anything about pH balancing, neutralizing, or toxin, toxin removal, yeah, fuck off. Like, that's none of that is real. It's not a real yeah. thing. That Your body happens. does it. Yeah. Your body does it. But at some point, it was introduced into European medicine and was eventually registered as an herb in the United States pharmacopoeia to treat syphilis. Really? Yeah. And as a herb, it's called some, it's called a synergist. And it, what it means is that when it's combined with other things, it enhances the absorption of the good nutrients in the other thing. It's like a little like amplifier in your body to absorb other nutrients. Hmm. I know. Kind of like uh, all our terpenes or something, you know, like the Yeah. What is that? The entourage effect. Yeah, that exactly. What a good comparison. And I, 
I don't know if it was this sarsaparilla, maybe it was a dandelion, but something was mentioning that one of these had a lot of terpenes, which makes sense. I'm sure a lot of these have terpenes that we're just not aware of and people aren't necessarily researching. But okay, that's my time. Yep, that's your time. The next one was ginger root, which we skipped. We're going to skip because we've used ginger before. And there's not too much to say for us that's new, I guess. But let's move on to Gretchen with licorice root. I feel like you had so much more on sarsaparilla that I feel a little sad about my licorice root research. But really, there's not a ton about it. They do think that it has some of those assisting with detoxifying effects. I actually like the taste of it. It is very sweet. And that's because the... uh, Oh man, glyceryacin. Yeah, the glycery. Yeah, glycericin. 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 You're right. Glycericin, because it would definitely Glyc- sound like glycerin. Oh, yeah. Glycericin. Gl- yep. Yep. There we go. This is. It's a chemical that's actually 50 times sweeter in sugar than sugar, so it's a great thing to enhance the yeah. sweetness and things in things and foods teas I, i've seen that used a lot in various teas mm-hmm. and i'm always like oh i really love this tea <laughs> i find out it has licorice root in it oh it's sweet yeah. that's why <laughs> yeah it's wild to think of something that's 50 times sweeter than sugar but that's great that you can use a lot less of it then too right yes i mean we only used teaspoon in 10 cups of water or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it definitely yeah. is there. Like I probably could have tuned it up a little bit more. Like I could have added a little bit more of the licorice root, but it's my first time. We're following the recipe. I found another one from Spruce Eats. We'll try that one next. Oh, how many how long do I have for licorice root? Two. two? Okay. Well now we've got two. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> In the Netherlands and Britain, they actually would chew on the dried licorice roots as like as a candy of sort. So like a natural a rope, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Very cool. Although almost not, no licorice is actually flavored with licorice at all anymore. <laughs> they <That> use, <laughs> it's like, no wonder I fucking hate licorice. That's not licorice. That's fucking anise. I hate yeah. anise. <laughs> Everything's confusing now. We were saying earlier, this doesn't count in your time. We were saying earlier that they've, They've trained us to have all these flavors like root beer, like licorice that they've made, they've made chemically based now. And just we drink or consume sugar with chemicals to mimic the flavor of real herbs and real roots and things that we could just have also. But okay, back to licorice. (laughs) To licorice. Yeah. So I wouldn't have never hated on licorice as much as I have in my entire life. Had I known what it actually tastes like, but I only found out in like the last 10 years what it really tastes like. And it Mm -hmm. is supposed to have like sort of an anise-like flavor, but to me, it's so much more complex and so much sweeter. So it doesn't make sense to me what they were going for there. Somebody made a decision, went with it. (laughs) Really committed, yeah. I was also intrigued to find out that they, I mean, it's used in lots of regions as a drink, but... Uh, in Reggio Emilia, they have that soda that is flavored with it. So I'm going to have to look for that the next time I'm in Italy. Mm-hmm. And the reason that we don't actually use this as a sugar substitute is because it it may have some health 
damaging bent things that'll happen with it. I couldn't quite nail down what it was and exactly what for for the licorice root, but they're like, we don't think it's good to consume a lot of it. There's a reason that they have not considered licorice root as a sweetener substitute. That makes sense. It could it could probably be overconsumed pretty easily. And I also think about we should say all of these probably have negative side effects and we're not suggesting you just run out and start buying these or growing these or anything. We're just saying things they have been used for that we saw. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. This is the one I was actually able to find potential side effects for. Oh, good. If you've overconsumed, here are some of the potential side effects, which are increased blood pressure, electrolyte imbalance, edema, weight gain, heart problems, weakness, fatigue, shortness of breath, kidney failure, or paralysis. Nice. <laughs> they really, really fuck with you. And That's as a, a result, yeah, as a result, actually, it's been historically used to flavor tobacco products, a lot of different ones. But as of 2009, it hasn't been allowed to be put into cigarettes. You can use it in any other type of product, like snuff or chewing tobacco. Rolling papers also appear to be infused with licorice on occasion. Those things are allowed, but you can't put put it into cigarettes anymore. I think that was like, because they had also done away with anything other than menthol. They were like, okay, menthols are okay, but anything else. else. (laughs) Menthol cigarettes are disgusting. Okay, we don't have time for that question. We don't have time for that. That's pretty much all I had to say about licorice root other than I really love it. I think it's delicious. I do too. I, there's a tea I used to get that I, same thing. I always thought I didn't like licorice and I still don't really like like a ton of that flavor, but in a tea with a bunch of other things, it does add such a nice sweet sweetness. So I agree. I, we've been lied to about everything, but in this moment, licorice. So very cool. Good for a lot of things, but also potentially could cause a lot of things so (laughs) tread lightly there (laughs) next is dandelion yes i love dandelions i have become a bit of a dandelion evangelist this was like when i learned about pigeons and now i'm like save all the pigeons but (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) okay dandelion root I, th- this was a fun read. It says, although it's often dismissed as little more than a stubborn lawn weed, dandelion has been used in many forms of traditional medicine for centuries. Not only can the leaves, roots, and flower add a pop of color to your plate, but they're also often found in herbal teas and supplements, or they're used as natural remedies for blood sugar management, skin aids, helping with your liver and heart health. So you can eat it whole as you do other root vegetables. But yeah, every part of it pretty much is edible and has benefits on its own. So the greens can be eaten raw or cooked, and they are a great source of vitamins like A, C, and K, and vitamin E. They also contain minerals like iron, calcium, magnesium, and potassium all good, good things, especially that magnesium and potassium. Gretchen's muted, so. Yeah, like incredibly healthy thing. The The major issue with dandelion greens, in my opinion, is they are incredibly bitter. Sure. 
So, so raw is tough. <laughs> raw is tough. Uh, mm-hmm. Unless you're somebody that loves bitter and then, but it tastes, it tastes as healthy as it is. So <laughs> that's my main point. <laughs> Maybe we should try to find a recipe sometime and make them. Actually, we'll talk about that later today. So Okay. Ooh, fun. Not, okay, not, fun. not for this, but for. Um, oh, okay. Sorry. I'm going to give you another two minutes on. dandelions because I interrupted you but yes they are they are really good for you you just have to figure out how to make them palatable for yourself yeah I've heard that the flowers is very sweet and I think we saw a recipe where you can fry it fry them yeah we saw that online that that would be cool cool uh, forager yeah yeah Yeah. she was on was she on something that I think so you sent me or the, was she on something that I was just listening to and she like came up at the, like, I didn't send you. That. I don't know. Anyway, sorry, totally off the well, track, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Fra- let's great. fry yeah. some tops. Awesome. Yeah. Flowers, roots, greens, all of it. So we've been talking about the greens for the most part so far. The root is rich in a type of soluble fiber that is really good for your gut health, which is as we're learning, super important, more and more. A lot of things are being associated to your gut health. So very important to help with that digestion. It does have a lot of antioxidants, which it said might one of the reasons why it's used to help with inflammation. Again, some good benefits there for inflammation and arthritis. And then it's also been shown to reduce cholesterol, lower your blood pressure, and treat constipation. That's something that's happening for you. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the the root or the whole thing? Sorry, I was... The root. The root. Okay. Mm -hmm. The leaves had all of the, like, vitamins and minerals, and then the root has the gut health and the inflammation stuff. Cool. This I thought was pretty cool. It said in one study, so obviously not like very comprehensive, but in one, one. study, <laughs> yeah, the leaf and the flower, but not the root, was shown to prevent skin damage when it was applied just before or immediately after exposure to sunlight. Hmm. Yeah. So interesting. Not the root, but the leaf and the flower. Still fascinating. Yeah. I know. We've really undervalued the dandelion as a plant in our culture. And it said right up front that it's like a lawn weed. A lawn weed. We let them just grow in our backyard this past spring. And <sighs> they got like four feet tall and they were so pretty. But they were like the yellow head kind? Yeah. Wild. Hmm. Wild, literally. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Literally. There was a show I watched. It's like a design show in the UK called Grand Designs. And the host says one time, somebody says something about needing to remove a tree because it's a, a weed, basically. And the host said, a weed is anything in the wrong place. And <laughs> I thought that was very interesting. So don't let your dandelions grow. But yeah. <laughs> it's amazing because in France, they don't... Or, at least when we were in one area of France, I think this was when we were in Bordeaux, it seemed like they didn't care about getting rid of dandelions. They just let them grow. And I'm like, now I understand why. Also, yeah. the, the, there are benefits to letting it grow for your garden because it grows such an impressive taproot. So first mm-hmm. of all, they're a biannual, so it takes two years for them to go through their entire process. But mm-hmm. once they're done, they're done. 
course, if you let the seas blow all over the place, then yeah, you're going to get like a lot more. (laughs) I'm never done because I always have weeds and I don't pull them up like so much that I get all the root usually. I let them and I let them grow back because the rabbits love them. So, you know, I've got additional uses for for that here. Maybe that's Mm -hmm. why my my bunnies are usually so healthy and their gut health just is in great shape. They've been eating all those dandelion roots. Yeah, let's start doing it. You and me popping a root every once in a while or a flower. Right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Alrighty. So we love the dandelion root. Next is birch bark, which is me. But I think maybe you should do star anise before I do birch. Star anise is the seed pod from the Illysum verum plant. The oil is used in a lot of personal care products. So we're talking shampoos, deodorants, toothpaste, perfumes, I mean, everything. Everything that you could want as a personal care product, they probably used some oil from the Star Anise Inn. Cool. It is one of the major flavorings of pho. And the compound in it, anethiol, which is also part of anise, which is why it tastes like anise, I'm guessing. (laughs) But (laughs) anise is a completely unrelated plant. So no genetic sharing there, unfortunately. Is anise related to licorice? I don't think so. Interesting. Because licorice is actually a bean with a legume. And anise is an herb, if I'm not mistaken. So interesting. Star anise is different from anise and licorice. Yes. It's actually a tree that bears fruit, I believe. Oh, and then you get oil from the fruit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like olive kind of. Right. But it's, yes, just the seed part of it is. Okay. I I didn't get into too much of the uh, biology of this. I just. That's that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just interesting that they're all different, but anise and licorice or anise and star anise anise have something that makes them taste similar and licorice kind of has that same taste but it's different still from the others yeah that's the whatever anyway (laughs) that other (laughs) thing that's really hard to pronounce but sardis has its own thing that's hard to pronounce pronounce but this little factoid was really fascinating to me is that not 90 percent of the star anise crop up until uh i think it was like 2012 maybe was used for shikimic acid, which is a precursor as part of the synthesis of the flu influenza drug, Tamiflu. So if you get the flu, they recommend, they will prescribe you Tamiflu to help fight the virus. But, and, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. So the, the simulated flu drug comes from the, a, a base that's in star. Anise. Anise. Okay. Okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So you use the star anise to make the shikimic acid, and then you use that shikimic acid in the production of Tamiflu. But in around 2012, they discovered that there's a way to synthesize it from the E. coli bacteria, which is more efficient than having to like press all those star all the star anise. Like if you can just have the bacteria produce it, and there's a way to, I'm assuming, uh, centrifuge it out. That mm-hmm. it, it's probably a lot simpler than having to crush and work on this whole shikimic acid thing from that mm-hmm. end. Now they make it with E. coli bacteria somehow. 
Weird. Weird. <laughs> the things you learn when making root beer. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Very interesting. What a curious little seed. Yeah. Had no idea. Yeah, same. Of course. None of this. No. I'll close my portion out with birch bark pretty quickly. This was, again, very unusual. And this is the tree, uh, the bark of a birch tree. And for a long time, they've been, this tree has been known to provide analgesic painkiller properties. It also is anti-inflammatory, astringent, which is like what? Like cleaning? Astringent is more tannin. Oh, like a... kind of uh that drying sensation from like wine or tea that's astringent so okay okay and it also is very aromatic and is known to help assist the body in reducing fever it said i think there was a note i saw that said that for some reason some people think that birch bark limits your ability to fight covid but i didn't (laughs) okay that anywhere else and I don't get it but no right I don't know but it does say the easiest way to gain all of the benefits of birch is to make it into a tea which is basically what we did with all of these things everything says great for tea great for tea we that's what we did we We made a tea we made a tea (laughs) and fermented it yeah Uh, last one here is the sassafras tell me what you learned about sassafras Gretchen very controversial it's super weird I forgot to look up where it's native to because I got very excited about the fact that they call it fennel wood because of the way that it tastes slash smells the leaves are used in filet powder which is a thickening agent for gumbo and I was like, oh, yeah, that's the other use for sassafras. <laughs> that's a, that's the most common one. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that it was a thickener. That's very cool. Or could be used to make a thickener. It, it had, And it has a very particular taste that you really need if you want, like, a gumbo flavor. You, you need that sassafras. Like, you need that filet powder because there's just no other way to, like, get it. And and by the way, filet is fi- spelled like file. So yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, file power powder powder. No, filet <laughs> yeah. filet no. powder. No. Do you think the sassafras uh, is the kind of savory thing that you're tasting? It could be. It definitely could be. If I'm just not really super familiar with the the flavor of that on its own, definitely could be because it was the ingredient that smelled the most woody to me when I put it in. Because the birch was very neutral. Sassafras was a bark too, correct? That's what we use, sassafras bark? I think so, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, sorry. Oh, sassafras root bark is what we're using. Sorry. Sarsaparilla is just root. So we've got the sarsaparilla root. But yeah, I mean, almost all of it is to a degree edible. I don't think you can just eat the wood off the tree. That probably won't make you very happy because I'm sure it doesn't taste that great. (laughs) Totally. Gotta make a tea first. <laughs> yeah. But it does say that the leaves and flowers can be used in salads. So, and as a flavoring agent. I believe it said sp- specifically also that the flowers were used on meat a, a lot of the time. Uh, then you can also just eat the twigs fresh off the tree or dried. The roots can be dug up, peeled, dried, and then made into tea. May have some analgesic and antiseptic pro- 
property. Oh, kind of like the birch. Kind of like the birch, yes. And, and But yes, also this may be why we're getting all that numbness is that analgesic. That's Totally. That is 100% what that feeling it would be. <laughs> mm-hmm. From two things, too. Yeah, good to know. It works on making your tongue numb. You could also, early toothbrushes were created from sassafras trigs because it had kind of that, like, like kind of a minty, medicinal, like, aromatic to it. And if it's numbing, if you have any, like, tooth pain, true, that's probably helpful, too. I want to grow everything. Can I grow everything <laughs> in the whole wide world? Once we have our not compound homestead. Homestead, <laughs> yes. Then we can. Hi, <laughs> Gluttony, not compound. <laughs> the non-compound yeah close this out with sassafras here yes so i just have two more things i've got that the wood is valuable it is used for building things but native americans used it as a fire starter because of the high oil content it was very good at catching on fire cool yeah. it's like how they say a, like eucalyptus trees can explode i'm assuming a similar thing can happen with sassafras interesting yeah <clears throat> And the last thing that I did not know about until I went to work and told my coworkers that we were doing root beer and they were asking about sassafras and my coworker asked, isn't that the one that's like makes MDMA? And I was like, I mean, I guess, I guess that's possible. And apparently, yes, it is not how you would officially make MDMA. They specifically said clandestine MDMA. So like home manufacturer, I'm guessing. Home manufacturer. <laughs> so it's true. That's why it's heavily regulated at this point is that because you can make MDMA with it. That makes sense. I think it was in sarsaparilla soda up until they figured out that it had that potential side effect. And then it was like pulled from the soda. I know for sure. Probably everything. But <laughs> wow, there's a lot going on in this little root beer concoction <laughs> yeah it's like the u.s government doesn't want us to have any fun with any drugs no they just want Unless us to be a... bad on soda and pharmaceuticals <laughs> well we're i think that covered all the ingredients that were unusual we did use sugar and we did make what's called a ginger bug and we have done that in the past when we made ginger beer, lime pickles, and preserved lemons way, way back. So we have done something similar, but this time it was a little bit different. And I'm saying that because we did kick off our two-week process with making the ginger bug first. That was step one in the whole thing. And what did we do from there, Gretchen? Our recipe came from the Nourished Kitchen for this. This is, at, you know, obviously kind of based on what they have. Their ginger bug is a natural fermentation. So what we're doing is mixing together, we mix together some ginger root and they recommend dicing it because one, it's easier to get out of the, to strain out if it's diced versus grated. It just makes it a little bit easier to deal with, I guess, might be the other part of that. And we used a tablespoon of sugar, I think, right? Or something like that. It wasn't very much. Either one to two tablespoons of sugar and an ounce of ginger for the first, first go. Correct. And then we let that sit overnight and we fed it like our ginger beer way back when. 
uh, and just using the natural yeast and especially I think because we're in harvest time here in Napa Valley, there's a lot of free yeast floating around. <laughs> so I've got, mine went right away and I like the flavor on mine. It's really good. And just to clarify, when you say feeding, that is a daily process of adding more ginger root and more sugar. Correct. Yes. Okay. And that went on for at a least week. five days. Yeah. Right? Yes. At least. A little bit more. But yeah. A little bit more. Yeah. So we had our ginger going. That was our baseline. We needed that first. And then next, we had to start our root beer tea, basically. Correct. And what were the steps for that then? So we took our 10 cups of water and added that into a pot and started with the sarsaparilla root, ginger root, licorice root, dandelion root, and birch bark and star anise. Most everything is going in there right away. Yeah. And we boiled that for... You, you, you always want to boil it for 30. You just boil it and then bring the heat down to medium oh, to low. simmer. Yes. And okay. simmer for 30. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we bring it to, you bring it to a boil and then simmer it uh, over low for 30 minutes. Get that going. Then you add the sassafras root bark and let it simmer for an additional 15 minutes. Once that's happened, you take it off the heat and stir in the sugar and let it to cool to room temperature. And once it's cooled to room temperature, you can add your ginger bug and then put it into, this is very specific about the swing top bottles, but we kind of, well, I have swing tops because I love a swing top bottle these days. <laughs> I didn't have one <laughs> available. Like my reusable bottles. What can I say? <laughs> And real quick, it did say to let it cool to room temperature for about two hours. So it is a long, a little bit of a, a time commitment to make that tea, get it cooled, and then get it into the fridge yes. eventually. Correct. But so then we added the ginger bug. Right. We added a half cup of ginger bug. I did end up adding a little bit of extra ginger bug at one point because I felt like the fermentation really wasn't going once I got it into the bottles. So I think I added a about a tablespoon more of that to each bottle. So I ended up with a half a cup and three tablespoons, I guess, was what I ended up adding to mine to make it go. And yeah, put it in bottles and yeah. let it sit. Put in bottles, let it sit at room temperature for two days, and then move it to the fridge for three. Oh, and we have strained out all our botanicals after it cooled. So it cooled oh, with, that's right. with all the tea ingredients in it. Then we strained it. Then we added the bug. That's That was the important part, is making sure you leave those botanicals in for a little bit more extraction. Then once you're ready to add your ginger bug, strain it so that you don't have all of that in there. <laughs> yes. And those are the herbs I kept aside because I did want to make a simple syrup from them, but decided, no, I don't really want to do that. But yeah. Then into the fridge it went. Well, two days at room temperature, like we said. Leave it alone. Make sure it's fermenting. And that's at that stage when you added a little bit more of the ginger bug because it wasn't bubbling. After 24 hours, I didn't really see any bubbles. So I wanted just to like push that a little bit. And that's when I added the extra bit of ginger bug to it. A bubble boost. Bubble boost, yes. <laughs> and then, yeah, so it's very specifically serve it over ice. But 
you want it in the fridge for three days to allow the bubbles to set. Gretchen did say that at the beginning, but now we're full circle giving context to that. And be tasty. Yeah. I think it's time to see if it's we time. can make make our, make our root beer floats. Okay, let's, so do, let's it. do this. Here I come to save the day. Okay, I'm pretty sure my molds worked out amazing, by the way. So. Oh my gosh, perfect. But I'm wait I'm waiting till the last second to pull them out of the freezer and plop it in the top so that hopefully it'll stay hold its shape long enough for me to get a good picture. Yeah. I'm going to use two two of my ice cream cubes now and then right. make another one later, I think. Nice. Noises, noises, noises. Yeah. Scraping noises, door opening noises. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna pour my root beer. Over okay. the top. Pouring root beer. Oh, it's a little bit of a bummer because it is not very foamy. No, nothing. <laughs> like two bubbles on the side. <laughs> yeah. It's not impressive like most root beer floats. <laughs> yeah. It's missing that. Foamage. <laughs> missing the foam. Yeah, unfortunately. Not not the best. I don't know. It wants to tip over. I can only I see bet. the eyes. Drowning in the root beer. All right. Tasting? Do it. I don't dislike it. It's a bit of an acquired taste. If someone just handed me this with no context, I'd be like, what is this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How is it with the pumpkin? It's really good with the vanilla. Mm. And I don't, I barely taste the ginger. So. Okay. It's weird. It's really it's weird. weird. <laughs> Probably would not be my go-to choice. Uh, because of the pumpkin? Yeah. I don't. Okay. It's not bad hold on i'm doing another bite here but it's okay. also a little weird because it's got graham crest or graham cracker crust in it like chunks mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah i know i don't i don't think i would go in on the, uh, doing this again like that no pumpkin graham cracker got it <laughs> well i would try it again and i might play around with it the author did suggest a few options for like if you wanted to make it a little bit milder you could take out the dandelion root and add mint instead. There were options for like not using sugar and using maple syrup or honey or coconut sugar. So there's a couple of ways to play around with it too. I don't know if I'd make this again, this exact. No, I probably would not make this exact version. I would definitely want to play around with my herb combo so that it was a little bit more to my taste. I think, I think, yeah, I, I don't know if I'd back off some on the dandelion root. I wonder if that is providing some bitter note. I wonder if you could do, oh, you know what I might, might add would be chicory as a, instead of dandelion root. I wonder if I have any chicory around. That could be interesting. I was wondering how a little cinnamon might be. Yeah. Cinnamon stick. A little cinnamon stick might throw an extra clove in. I think I'd bump up the licorice root a little bit too, just for, because I think that is yeah. really the flavor I really liked. And yeah. and I would also be curious, because I we did buy one batch of the various sparks and roots and stuff mm -hmm. to share. So we are kind of having a similar experience. Yeah. <clears throat> but I'm also, I was also concerned a little bit about the freshness of these. And so I'd, I'd be interested to try maybe a different brand or mm -hmm. just to see if the flavoring would be better. But totally. I'm not mad. I'm, I mean, yeah, it's a fun experiment. It was very fun. I learned a ton and I kind of want to make individual teas of each one and see if I can get a better blend taste for each flavor. 
and then go from there. Because I love root beer and I hate just buying sugar. So it would be really cool to be able to make it more often on my own. But yeah, I'm proud of us. This was a long time coming and we did it. It's a little funky, but we did it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I probably could just make like a little bit of an extra like tea, like licorice or tea and add that in. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just to see what that does, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, lots to try. Lots to explore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, if you made it this far, thank you for <laughs> making it all the way to the end and like yeah. and subscribe and Hey, come subscribe to our Patreon because yes. we have one of those and we have one at, of those. We have one of those. We add stuff to sporadically. Well, we have a whole bunch of stuff up there really. And then yeah. now we're gonna We have a bunch of stuff on Patreon. We took a long break. We're getting back into it. We've got YouTube up. It's it's the audio of the podcast, but it has subtitles. So if that's something you're into, you can check that out. And like and subscribe follow telling everyone about us till they're so sick of it and then just tell them one more little funny thing we said and let's get out of here and enjoy our funky funky floats funky floats (laughs) funky floats (laughs) i just like the numbing a little (laughs) like i'd like to be a little more numb thank you yes please yeah really Uh, is there caffeine in this What's caffeine? No. We should talk about that another time, but there's no yeah. caffeine. No caffeine. Because okay. you would need like tea or coffee or something okay. like that in there. Yeah. Okay. So that, no, no stimulants. All just okay. root, rooty things. Rooty, rooty things. Yeah. All right. Let's get out of here. Bye. Bye. <laughs>